And, and so that's not the, the message of this morning. I, I want to talk with you about some verses that we've looked at and, and several other verses as well. Uh, the title of this is Another Helper, uh, God's Spirit Within Us. Uh, this is what Jesus said in the 14th uh, chapter of John. If we'll go to the next slide, John 14, verses 15 and 16. He just said this. He said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. Or if you love me, you will do what I say, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper who will be with you forever. And I shared with you a couple of weeks ago that the word another, the implication with that word is one just like me. So Jesus is saying, when I leave, I'm going to send somebody to be with you forever. I've been with you these three years, but I'm going to send you someone to be, be with you forever. It's another helper, and that is the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is just like Jesus. And that makes sense because Jesus came to reveal the Father, and the Holy Spirit's ministry is to glorify Jesus. And we're going to see a couple of other things where the, the, way G, the way the Holy Spirit operates is the way Jesus operated because he did what he did by the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you, because we don't have time to go through all three of these, I encourage you to read and to meditate on John chapters 14, 15, and 16. Some of the most significant teaching on the Holy Spirit that there is in the New Testament. And today we want to look at some of these, and we want to look at the Holy Spirit as these things. We won't look at all of these. The Spirit of truth, the teacher, who is the revealer of the Holy Spirit. In other words, he, uh, the Holy Spirit is the revealer of truth. He teaches truth. We'll say a little bit more about truth. The Holy Spirit does not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears his Father say, he speaks who does that remind you of? Jesus. Jesus says, I only say what I hear my Father saying. And so the Holy Spirit's ministry is like Jesus' ministry. He shows us things to come. The Holy Spirit, he doesn't show us everything that's going to come, but the Holy Spirit will show us. And as I walk in relationship with him, he will show us things to come. And as I get to know him more intimately, he will open up things that I would have never seen, things about life. And it's not just quote, what we would think religious stuff. It's things about life. It's things about your purpose in this world. He'll show you things to come. And this is, we're going to spend some time on this one. He convicts the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. And we're going to look at what, how he does that, why he does that. And then next, he glorifies Jesus. The Holy Spirit doesn't glorify himself. He glorifies Jesus. Um, Jesus glorified the Father, and Jesus sent the Spirit, and the Spirit glorifies Jesus. And when it's all said and done, the Father will become all and in all. In other words, uh, when, when, when we stand with Jesus, we'll cast our crowns, and Jesus will cast all the crowns at the at the feet of the Father, and the Father will be all and in all, as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And Jesus, this is such a, a wonderful, wonderful promise that Jesus gave us. He takes, the Holy Spirit takes everything that Jesus had. 
He said, all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I tell you that he will take the things that are mine and he will declare them to you. And that word in the, in the Greek literally means declare, tr- disclose, or transmit. God's not stingy with us. God's not interested in us going without. When we make it our plan, or when we make our plan God's plan, when we decide that the will for me, my will is God's will for me. I don't want there to be a conflict in what I want and what God wants. And when I, when I do that, and I'm willing to put myself on the line for God, then God withholds absolutely nothing. So we'll look at some of those, not all of them. John 14, 17. Now, verse 16 had just said another comforter. And verse 17 tells us who that is. He's the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. The world cannot receive. The word world is the word cosmos. C-O-S-M-O-S, that's the Greek word. And, And it's not talking about people. It's talking about a system. It's talking about a strongly political uh, nationalistic. It's, it's a world system that is full of pride and arrogance and not interested in people. And people that are lost, that are caught up in that, cannot receive the spirit of truth and cannot receive the truth that the spirit speaks. See, we have to understand that God wants us to be people of truth. He doesn't want us to run around sorting people out. But I, listen, I believe with all of my heart that if we walk with God, he will give us discernment on what we should choose, on what we should do, on what's happening in the world, what's right and what's wrong. See, we're living in a world that hardly believes in right and wrong anymore. But the spirit of truth will show us those things. The world cannot receive the spirit of truth or the truth the spirit speaks because it neither sees him nor knows him. Then he tells his disciples, but you know him for he dwells with you or lives with you. The word dwell means to live. Some translations say abide. Same thing, it means the same. He lives with you and he will be in you. That's a wonderful promise. And this was Jesus speaking before he went to the cross, before the Holy Spirit was given. And he said, he's with you, but he's going to live in you. Such a wonderful, wonderful promise. Now, uh, he is the spirit of truth. Well, 1 John chapter 4, verse 6, tells us that there is a spirit of truth and a spirit of error. There's a spirit of truth and there is a spirit of error. I believe in right doctrine. I believe in right teaching. There's some things that, uh, if, if the Bible, if the Bible, in other words, I don't want to teach anything that's contrary to Scripture. And something that we need to understand is the Holy Spirit will never, ever do anything or say anything contrary to Scripture. Because the Word and the Spirit agree. The Holy Spirit never contradicts the, the Word of God. Never, ever. And so there is a spirit of truth and there is a spirit of error. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will live with us forever. 
And it's very similar to what Jesus said in the Great Commission. He ended the Great Commission by, after he told him to go and make disciples of all the nations, he says, I'm going to be with you until the end of the age. So the Holy Spirit's with us, he's in us to the end of the age. And especially, when do we really become aware of the Holy Spirit more and more? When we get involved in doing what God has said to do. When, when you choose to be involved in what God says to do. Uh, I, it amazes me when I sit down for a season of intense uh, study, preparation, or prayer. I become so much more aware of the Spirit in my life. I become more aware of the Spirit's activity in my life. When I'm, when I'm involved in helping people, when I, when, when, I, when I have it in my heart that God has put somebody on my heart that I need to disciple for Christ, and I get involved with that. When we go to the nations, uh, when we go anywhere, we went to Virginia back in, in, in December and ministered for a weekend. There's a greater involvement, but that's not just because I'm a preacher. It's because you, you get involved, at, you become active with what God says to do, and you begin to discover more and more the Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth, and as such, He's the revealer of truth. And we'll look at that in a minute. The Holy Spirit bringing truth to the hearts of His people. So the Holy Spirit is the revealer of truth, and Satan and his evil spirits are the spirits of error and deception. There's so many people who claim to be Christians don't even believe that Satan is a, is a being. He is. Now, God is always everywhere. Satan can only be one place at a time. I don't even know if I've ever been in his presence. But he has many minions. He has many evil spirits. And they lie to us. Uh, I don't have time to go into it, but I can, I can look back at seasons of my life, but I mean, I hear lies. I hear lies pretty regularly. The, the more active you get with God, the more interested Satan is in you. Jesus ended one of these chapters saying, the prince of this world is coming, but there's nothing in me that belongs to him. In other words, when Jesus came on the scene as a baby, Satan inspired Herod to start killing babies. And when Moses came on the scene, Pharaoh wanted all the babies killed because he heard that, you know, something was happening there. So there's a spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He's the revealer of truth. And Satan and his evil spirits are spirits of, of, of um, error and spirits of deception. There's such deception abounding in the world today. And then let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verses 3 and 4. Such a powerful scripture. Up there on the, board, on the wall. Even if our gospel is veiled, or one translation says hidden, it is veiled or hidden to those who are perishing. That is people who, who don't know Jesus. People who have never surrendered to God. God the Father sent Jesus Christ to be his sacrifice for the sin of everybody in the world. And so, uh, if the gospel is veiled or hidden, it's veiled to those who are perishing. Speaking of unbelievers, whose minds the God, look at small g, 
The God of this world, the God of this age, has blinded. It's talking about Satan. Satan's the God of this world or the God of this age. He's called the prince of the power of the air. He's the one who's ruling in the affairs of men. Now, I realize that, you know, there was a lot of people say, well, don't you think God is control? No, I think God's in charge. I think there's a difference. A lot of people think that God does everything. He doesn't do everything. God's not surprised by anything. And God ultimately is control. There's no question about that. But the reality is, is that Satan is loose in this earth and there's much happens every day that is not the will of God. It's not that he designed it. But God permits many things that he did not purpose. And as Paul said, he can work all that stuff out to those who are called according to his purpose and to those who really love God. And the Bible says if we love God, we'll really do what he says. Okay. So, to those who are passionate, whose minds the God of this age have blinded, who did not believe. And there's such unbelief in the earth. Sadly, there's unbelief in the church. And that's why the writer of Hebrews says, be careful that there not be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. I don't want unbelief in my life. There's a difference between doubt and unbelief. Doubt, you kind of question, you're kind of wavering. We go through that. But unbelief is when my heart is set against what God says. That's evil. It will destroy me. Whose minds the God of this age is blinded, who did not believe less, and unless the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. See, it's, it's, I'll say more about this in a minute. My minutes are going fast, but <laughs> I'm just, see, I just cannot, no, no unbeliever can just up and decide, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become a believer. You can't do that. I can't become a believer unless the Holy Spirit is drawing me to Christ. It's impossible. We'll say more about that. And so Satan blinds the minds of unbelievers to keep them from coming to Christ. This is one reason why we need to pray for people. I mean, Nita and I are regularly praying for people that are either unbelievers or living like unbelievers, and sometimes we're not real sure. And so I just pray, and we keep praying. And recently we've seen some things happening that indicate God's at work. And I remember when I was lost, I was lost as a dog and I went through about four months before I got saved where I was under intense, uh, intense conviction. But to look at me, you would have never dreamed it. I became more evil. I became more indulgent. And yet in those seasons when I was, when I, when I, when I was really under deep conviction, I was a salesman and I would, at the end of the day, I would go to the bar, have a few drinks. Then I would go to the restaurant, have a meal and a few drinks more and go back to the bar and have a few more drinks. Then I go to my room and read the Bible. Now, why would I do that? Because I was under conviction. So what I'm saying is you, you can't judge those things by just looking at the outward appearance of the way people are. And God brought me to my knees and my senses. Verse John chapter 5, verse 19. Don't forget this verse. The whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. The whole world. 
the sway of the wicked one has infiltrated education at every level. And just things that are taught that are totally contrary to truth. So the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Now these are, 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 are very revealing verses. Two great truths. I don't even know if... Have you got this next slide? Does this next slide start that way? Two very revealing verses? Okay, that's fine. Leave it. This is my slide. I forgot to color it differently. These are very revealing verses. Two great truths that we receive from these. These are the two great truths. Number one, because he said that Satan blinds the minds of those that are full of unbelief lest they come to Christ. We, the implication there is no one comes to Christ unless the Spirit of God draws them. That's an amazing truth. And, and God wants to draw people. But uh, I went through a period of my life when I was not being drawn at all. I was obnoxiously blasphemous. And God began to sort me out. <laughs> and secondly, unbelievers are blinded. They're deceived and they're under the sway of the wicked one. That's something important to understand. Now, the Holy Spirit as the revealer of truth. We want to consider 1 Corinthians 2, verses 9 through 12. But first we want to look at the ninth verse because many times people read this as a standalone and we give it a heavenly religious connotation and not biblical. So let's look at verse 9. As it is written, and a lot of times people read it like this, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And then they put a little addendum to it. But we'll see it all when we get to heaven. But that's not at all what he's saying. Let's, let's read the next slide. I has not seen, as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. God, has re God reveals to us through the Spirit the things that He's prepared for those who love Him. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things. I emphasize the word deep there. I did a study several years ago about the word deep, and there's not most places in the Scripture, I think all but one really, that the word deep is used, it's talking about deep sleep, a day and night in the deep, talking about deep water, deep, deep whatever. But this verse, is it, the word totally means something else. And I'll talk to you about that in a minute. The deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man within him? So we, in our heart of hearts, we know ourselves. We can deceive ourselves in our mind, in our soulish person, but in our heart of hearts, we know. So who, who knows? What, what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Or one translation says, no one knows the things of God, but the spirit of God knows the things of God. And the next verse says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. Why have we received the Spirit that's from God? This is one of the key reasons. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Yeah. 
We have his spirit so that we will know the things that are freely given to us of God. And I skip verse 13 for time's sake. Verse 14 says, The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can they know him because know them because they are spiritually discerned. What does it mean, the natural man? The natural man is talking about a person who doesn't know Christ, but it's also talking about our soulish man, the mind, the will, and the emotions. And sometimes the mind gets in the way when it comes to the things of the Spirit. Man, mine has really been a problem in my life. My mind is just judging, but how can that be God? That's, that's, that's foolish. And, and with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking with tongues, I don't know a single person who's received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the early days of that, that the lies did not come and say, oh, that's just gibberish. You're just making all that up. See, we have an adversary and we have to understand that we also have a problem in our flesh, that we don't embrace the things of the Spirit of God with our souls. Now let's talk a minute about the word deep. Deep does not refer to intellectually deep or spooky deep. What well, spooky deep is, ooh, that's deep, no. The Greek word is mysterion, where we get the word mystery. And the Greek word mystery it simply means this, things that have been previously hidden but now are revealed by the Spirit to those who know Christ. It's kind of like being, if you're involved in fraternities. In college, you know, you first pledge to a fraternity. Pledge means that, okay, this is the fraternity I want to be a part of, and you prove yourself for one quarter, and then they vote. Well, while you're a pledge, you don't know any of the secret handshakes or any of that stuff. But the moment you become a, quote, member of that fraternity, all of a sudden all the secrets are yours. Well, that's the way it is with the things of God. You become a child of God. He gives you his spirit, and by his spirit, he reveals to us the things that were previously hidden. And so the Holy Spirit has such a practical, everyday application in our lives as we get to know him more intimately. Understanding the Bible and the things of God are not by the intellect, by the, or by, they are by the Spirit, and it's not according to your IQ. If your IQ is two, you can walk with God. Don't forget that, Kurt. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I had your IQ. I wish I had your IQ. <laughs> All right, these are amazing verses. He's given us the Spirit. I don't even need to say that. I just said it. Okay. Now, I, I, there's no way I'm going to finish this, but let me just go a little further. John 16, verses 5 through 15. These are about 10 verses, but very significant verses. Jesus is talking to his disciples right before he leaves. They really didn't understand. They didn't understand what it meant for him to leave. I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. I mean, you know, you can imagine. Here, here they had it, that this is the Messiah. This is the one we've been looking for. And they had walked intimately with him for three years. Uh, you know, he had befriended them. He was open. He opened up his heart, opened up his life. 
They had seen the miracles. They had tasted of the good things of God. And yet now he's saying he's leaving. So you can imagine the sorrow that would take place with that. And then Jesus drops a bombshell. He says, nevertheless, I tell you, it is for your benefit. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, then the helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I depart, then I will send him to you. What he's saying is, you know, I've heard people say, if I could just see Jesus, if I could just be back in the Bible days and walk with Jesus, it would be great. Jesus is saying, it's going to be better for you for me to go, and you're going to have the Holy Spirit not only with you, but he's going to be in you. A helper. Jesus could not be everywhere. When he was at the Jordan River, he was not at Galilee. When he was at Galilee, he was not in Jerusalem. God's everywhere, but Jesus wasn't walking as God. He had a physical body. But Jesus said, when I leave, wherever you are, and he's speaking to at least 12, maybe 150, I don't know. Wherever you are, the Spirit's going to be in you and with you. If some of you are over here, some of you are over here, the Spirit's right there. So it's to your advantage I go away. Now, when he comes, he's going to convict the world. He's going to convict the world of sin. Sin is a real thing. We don't like to hear it in the world, but I mean, we'll, we'll speak of it, you know, in an almost comical way. I'm going to Sin City if you're visiting Las Vegas. Well, let me tell you something. Every city is Sin City. <laughs> Every human is a sinful person, okay? He'll convict the world of sin. He'll convict the world of righteousness. And he'll convict the world of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Now, this, that statement is not for us. He was speaking to his disciples then. Let me tell you why it's not for us. He said, there's many other things I want to tell you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority or from within himself, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Whatever the Father speaks to him, he'll speak it. And he'll tell you things to come. See, this was before the Spirit came. And so Jesus was telling him, I can't tell you these things now because the Spirit has not come. But the Spirit has come, so God wants to tell us that and more. Verse 14, he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and will declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Now, um, let's consider some fundamental things in these three verses that we looked at, verses 8 through 11, where it says, I'm, the Holy Spirit's going to convict the world of sin. He's going to convict the world of, of righteousness, and he's going to convict the world of judgment. The work 
of the Holy Spirit is to convict the world of sin. Why? Jesus said, I'm going to, the Holy Spirit's going to convict the world of sin because they do not believe on Jesus. He's going to convict the world of righteousness. Why? Because Jesus went to the Father. And he's going to convict the world of judgment. Why? Because the prince of this world has been judged. Let me explain those to you. He'll convict the world of sin because they haven't believed on Jesus. It doesn't say, I'm going to convict the world of sin because they're liars, they're thieves, and they're adulterers. He says, I'm going to convict the world of sin because they don't believe on Jesus. Did you know the sin of the world is that they have rejected Jesus Christ? That's what they're guilty of. Somebody I greatly respect many years ago wrote about this, and he said, people don't go to hell because of their sinful practices. They go to hell because of their unbelief in rejecting Jesus. That's why the Holy Spirit convicts people of sin because they don't believe on Jesus. It's Jesus and receiving Jesus, believing on Jesus and receiving Jesus that makes us right with God. See, those outward things, thievery, lying, murder, adultery, those are the bad fruit of the bad root of unbelief. That's why unbelief is so evil. Now, he'll convict the world of righteousness. Why did he say, because I go to the Father? Well, what happened when Jesus went to the Father? He carried his blood into the heavenly holy of holies. And the book of Hebrews says that he actually cleansed the instruments of the heavenly sanctuary. He carried his blood into the heavenly holy of holies as a payment of human, for human separation from God. The fruit of doing this is that we're no longer sinners in God's sight, but we're now the righteousness of God in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21 says, If any person is in Christ, he has become a new creature, a new creation. Behold, all things have passed away, all things are new. Uh, and, and it says that he has given to us the word of reconciliation. And later it says he's given the ministry of reconciliation. And this is the ministry of reconciliation. That God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not holding their sins against them, and has given to us that ministry of reconciliation. And then he says this. He says, and this is what we say. We tell the world, be reconciled to God. Why? Because God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for everybody. So that they could become the righteousness of God in Christ. And so Jesus taking his blood into the heavenly holy of holies means that I now, because if I receive Jesus, his blood has made me righteous before a holy God. Not with my works, but with his work. So we are righteous in the sight of God. And then thirdly, he's going to convict the world of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. See, this is the work of the Holy Spirit. The death of Christ was a judgment or a condemnation of Satan. In this struggle, Jesus gained the victory and, and subdued the great enemy of man, mankind. This proves that God will execute judgment or justice on all his foes. We were once his enemies, but now we've been made his family. 
And so that's the work of the Holy Spirit. See, I, the judgment that I am due <laughs> will never come on me. It's gone on Jesus because he came and lived a sinless life perfectly. And by receiving Jesus, I am escaping judgment. It's the work of the Holy Spirit to convict or convince us that these things 